This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Welcome back. Jeff Simmons on audio, ladies and gentlemen. Dropping a little bit of Run DMC there for you. I'm Professor Mercury, a.k.a. the Hip Hop Prof, the Empirical Pimp. I'm legit with a logit, the Militant Poet, so act like you know it. This is Marketing Matters on Sirius XM's Business Radio Channel 132. My co-host Barbara Khan is not in today, so you're riding with me. I'm your boy AR. This is Marketing Matters, the show that proves that the difference between success and failure is your ability to STPM. What does it mean? Segment, target, position, and message to your consumers. Marketing Matters airs live every Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and is, of course, replayed several times throughout the week. I'm happy to welcome our next guest to the program. This is Ken Wisniewski, founder and CEO of the digital marketing firm Webimax here in Philadelphia. Welcome to the program. I'm Ken. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy that you're here to talk with something that's so hot right now. It's just sizzling, my friend. Uh, and that is, of course, the announcement uh, on Monday that the very iconic and famous Just Do It campaign from Nike, the behemoth, the sports behemoth Nike, will be asking for collaborative support from Colin Kaepernick uh, as being the face of the campaign on its 30th year anniversary. So I just want to jump in and ask, what did you think about this? What are your reactions? I thought it was a pretty bold move by Nike to do such a thing, uh, especially considering with just the climate today with brands really seem to be sensitive and really taking less chances. It seemed like they really went against the grain by uh, bringing Colin Kaepernick in and taking on something that they obviously knew was going to be controversial and would probably have uh, some people right off the bat that would, would not be pleased with that decision. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is a good move? Do you think this is going to be successful? What are your thoughts? Uh, I think that it will be potentially successful in the long run, but okay. I think that the reality of it is is that uh, while they will probably gain some popularity and gain some respect from people for kind of taking a chance and taking a stand, mm-hmm. I think they also alienate a certain part of their fan base mm-hmm. because certain people have a very strong opinion against Colin Kaepernick and mm-hmm. uh, whatever he believes in. And, and unfortunately, I, I find it interesting that a, a brand that probably could have selected any athlete for their campaign and it you know while it would have made an impact wouldn't have probably necessarily grabbed the headlines like this has but it certainly is something that i think you know might work for them in the long run mm-hmm. but in the short term i think it could uh, could be something that could hurt them negatively so it sounds a little bit like that you think you're, you're sort of cautiously optimistic here ken you're saying that listen there's going to be some short-term pain but there perhaps might be some long-term benefit. Is that is that a correct characterization? It is, and I think the the dynamic that Nike has really set has been the notion that they're looking to be more involved in uh, social change in general, which really begins to divert them away from just being a, a quote-unquote sports brand mm-hmm. and more of a cultural brand. And I think that that's where... Uh, in the long run, they might see some some gain from that as opposed to just continuously kind of fighting to see which players are going to endorse their brand, right? And, you know how those players do, and you know some of their ups and downs that have you know been kind of uh, bantered about over time, and moving more towards looking at their brand as a culture mm-hmm. as opposed to necessarily just a sports brand. I love your point, Ken, about the looking at the brand as a culture because I think a big aspect about the Nike brand 
And, you know, I talk about this in my class is that I often challenge my students to, to, to see if they can identify a Nike ad that ever talks about the, the, how the shoes are made, the products, you know, well, this shoe is made out of this type of uh, fabric and the laces are made like this and the manufacturing process is like that. They never talk about features. They never talk about what the, what the shoe does, the what. They always talk about why, the empowerment of sport. And this cultural point that you make, Ken, is fascinating. Because I think it plays into this approach that they use, which is to say, we're really about empowerment. We really are about celebrating life and life's goals through sport and understanding how to become a better person, a better consumer, to, to transcend, to, to, to become something more aspirational. And it's all built, it's been for a very long time, built into the brand. But you're saying, Ken, I think, if I'm hearing you correctly, that now they're sort of moving into this other, more kind of concrete political kind of cultural environment, yes? Yeah, definitely. I would think that the, the Kaepernick campaign could be uh, the, the the start of Nike really utilizing different type of uh, uh, endorsers than they have in the past, you mm-hmm. know, as opposed to, you know, it being the Michael Jordans and the Tiger Woods of the world, yes. which are really more tied to their sports and the specifics around that, mm-hmm. utilizing people that might be more cultural significance as opposed to necessarily sports significance, mm-hmm. which could provide them with some opportunity to get people while, you know, they might have, uh, you know, they might not have the, the, the ability to perform at a certain level in a sport. The reality of it is that their image and, and ultimately their endorsement could be something that they might view as something that could be more long term, right? I mean, mm-hmm. look at Tiger Woods, right? Tiger, Tiger mm-hmm. Woods, yep. when he fell off and, <laughs> and went completely backwards, which yes. has been docu- well documented, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Nike saw a huge slump in a lot of the, the sales that were mm-hmm. related to the golf products that they had had because. You know, he it wasn't the the shining star that he used to be, and mm-hmm. that really just resulted down to to you know his play on the on the golf course. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at something like Colin Kaepernick, you know it provides a scenario where they already kind of knew the the quote unquote bad, yes, and they looked at it from really more the statement as opposed to necessarily mm-hmm. just what he was doing on the field. I think I, I love that point, Ken, because you, you're bringing up something very interesting. It's like there was a connection between performance and the Nike brand for Tiger. And in that context, you know, consumers were able to kind of morally decouple anything that was going on off the golf course relative to his performance, at least at that time, and gave Nike an opportunity to kind of keep that collaboration going as compared to, let's say, for example, like a Lance Armstrong, who, you know, Nike was supporting. And then it, it, it was found out that he was basically cheating and lying and doing some other things that were bad and and cheating in the performance of the sport, which then had to re- really lead to them sort of letting him go. But I, I like this idea that that you're talking about, Ken, because what it says is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, what, what I'm interpreting here is that you're saying that at the end of the day, the, the level of talent, like the, the pure level of performance uh, in terms of the, 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 the superstars that are out there, the LeBrons, the Durants, the, the, the fan, you know, uh, Brady, all these people, that you, at, at some point you top out on the ability to be able to connect with an athlete purely on performance. And you, I think what you're saying is that there's additional social utility that exists in the context of intelligently connecting your brand to a political movement that that particular athlete might be involved in. And that's a way to just really differentiate yourself. Yes? 
I would agree so. And I think that also keep in mind that, you know, the athletes over time have become a lot smarter and they view themselves almost as brands. Mm-hmm. Not that it really turned yes. out to be all it was cracked up to be, but <laughs> the big baller brand was one that was going to kind of challenge that. And, you know, maybe if Lonzo had had a, a better rookie season, maybe, maybe it could have, and maybe it still has that type of potential. But the reality of it is, is the the next, person who comes out and has the kind of pedigree like a LeBron and, you know, comes right in and begins to dominate, you know, they might have access to, to just avoid any of the, the traditional shoe contracts and, mm-hmm. and have their own brand. And, and that would leave the Nikes of the world kind of out there having to really overpay for those levels of endorsement mm-hmm. when in reality, by kind of adopting the, you know, a different vision, it could actually be something that really kind of sets the brand apart from what it's doing. And while it necessarily probably won't ever alienate its uh, sports base. Mm -hmm. The reality of it, it would provide, you know, really a few different avenues for it to be able to further promote market itself. I think I'd love that idea that that this point that you're making, Ken, because I think at a certain level, and you can you can sort of also chime in on this. Athletes now, because of this thing called social media, your point's a very important point, that they are able to now build their own brands and basically create the power and connecting directly with consumers on Instagram and social uh, Twitter and these kinds of things on the social media platforms. And so now that's, that leaves companies with in kind of a bit of a, an interesting position, right? Absolutely. I mean, you look at, you know, again, I think they're probably – one of the the typical case studies, but how the Kardashians can really impact <laughs> brands. Yes, uh, you know the fact that they're endorsing different brands, or they're somehow tied to different brands. It gets the influence that they have through social media to be able to draw eyes to those specific brands and, and their involvement. Whether people love them or hate them, they've got a, a immense following and an immense popularity, and they're they're constantly in the news. So in turn. This is, you know, potentially Nike's way of kind of doing that. Now, admittedly, you know, while people might have their their qualms with the Kardashians and and some might call them controversial, Mm -hmm. this is certainly much more controversial than had they, you know, decided that uh, Kylie Jenner was going to be their, you know, spokesperson. While it would have gotten some headlines, it wouldn't have been to the degree that the Kaepernick campaign is going to get. I think you're 100% correct, Ken. I'll comment on this, though, the notion that, Nike choosing to get off the sidelines and squarely insert itself into this very hotly debated politicized issue that's going on, especially now that you have this dynamic that says, you know, here's Colin Kaepernick and here is, you know, a movement that started with kind of a silent protest. And and now there's another side. I mean, it, what, what I think is super interesting about this, uh, Ken, is that. There, I mean, you have to. You're on one side or the other on this, right? It's not. This isn't one of these things where it's like, well, I'm not sure what what I believe. It's like, and and Nike is saying that here's the side we're going to come out on. We we believe when history is written that this is going to be the right side of history. And the point being, I heard early on, on a sports program uh, this morning, it was saying that sometimes you know you think you're being buried, but you're actually being planted. And so, in terms of Colin, Ka- I think Shannon Sharp said that this morning on Undisputed. But the point being that you know Nike is playing chess. I mean, they are like ten steps trying to get down the road of like later on when it's written. You know, this this individual Colin Kaepernick, who quote quote unquote sacrificed a lot, is going to potentially maybe be this generation's Muhammad Ali. So why don't we attach our brand to him now and be a part of that movement? Would you say that's part of the decision calculus here? 
I would say that that's definitely going to play into it. And I think also the other aspect is, you know, they, they you know, with some of the uh, the things that have gone on with the NFL and the collusion case that mm-hmm. you know, is, is going on with Kaepernick, again, while none of us know the, the full distinction of that, certainly appears that, you know, there there was some level of collusion there that, you know, they, they made a, a conscious decision to kind of, you know, distance themselves from Kaepernick, mm-hmm. and you know they weren't willing to kind of take that fight on any further because they view him view him as the kind of the catalyst of that that movement. Mm-hmm. And in reality, you know, the NFL was obviously a enormous brand, and it's tied to Nike, and and Nike goes and, and kind of does the exact opposite, which is to really endorse him. So I think there's a lot of other aspects at play. I can't imagine that the the NFL, which writes so much merchandise, is you know NFL Nike merchandise, right? You know, could really be all that pleased with them when you know I mean the the NFL had gone to great lengths to even scrub Cap- a mention of Kaepernick's yes. name in a song in in the you know the NFL Madden version mm-hmm. that they have. So, That's I mean, correct. Mm-hmm. So far, distanced themselves from Kaepernick, and now Nike's embracing them. So I, I think it's it is it's 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 really fascinating, and you know again I think it's. It shows a shift in the dynamic for how Nike views itself as a brand, but I think it's you know it's one of those things that I think we probably haven't seen the last of kind of the negative aspects that mm-hmm. could come from it. Yeah, I think it's 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 absolutely crazy in the sense that because I was following the stock price, which dropped three percent, I believe, on Tuesday. Uh, it's back up, uh, I believe, a half a percent today. Uh, but you're right, there there you know there. What I love about this, uh, Ken, is that you know. To your point, part of what really determines authenticity in marketing is the perception, at least, that you're willing to put your money where your mouth is. You're willing to say, this is what we stand for, and you can either align with it or not, but here is our position. And there's no stronger statement that can be made uh, by Nike, this behemoth, this bold marketing firm, uh, than to connect itself directly with Colin Kaepernick, right? Absolutely. And again, I think it's we're at a stage right now where brands are being ultra cautious. Mm -hmm. They're not really going out and stepping out on a limb. They're being more conservative than ever because just social media things, you know, things that can be sometimes seem like good ideas or concepts can go really bad and and can really impact companies very quickly. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the stock price fell and I think there was some level of people making a big deal about that, but that's a relatively, you know, insignificant fall considering the the value and the overall right. uh, size of Nike. Right. They've, you know, essentially they've weathered, you know, the initial part of the storm. Right. And I think there's probably a lot of people from, you know, more of a stock side that are kind of waiting it out, waiting to see what happens. And I do think that there will be probably some some other negative aspects that come out. But again, I think they're gonna come through it potentially unscathed and you know in the long run i think they're going to develop a whole new market for themselves that will be outside some of the big costs that they have related to having to pay some of these uh players in the nba or whatever Mm. sport they're in Mm -hmm. you know just increasingly larger and larger sums to be part of their marketing process interesting let me ask you this ken do you see other uh, nike uh competitors trying to be more bold in this way and also trying to potentially make uh, sort of strong political statements as well. I could definitely see that happening. I think uh, I think the one thing that's interesting about Kaepernick has just been the notion, and I think it was kind of a big point that he had made initially uh, in uh, you know the case for for being on an NFL roster was 
short of having these strong views and wanting to stand for something, he was never in any other type of trouble. He had never mm. gotten in any other type of dust ups or anything like that from mm-hmm. all intensive purposes. Mm-hmm. He was the you know, he was the you know, the perfect type of citizen you'd want within the NFL. Mm. But reality is his his views made that change. So I think that uh, you know, if you're going to make a bold statement like this, you know, you'd want to be able to em- embrace somebody mm-hmm. who might have a mission or, or might have a concept, but that you could actually trust isn't going to go and, and burn you <laughs> on, you know, by doing <laughs> something else. And I think that Kaepernick's proven at this point that that's not part of uh, his makeup. It's really just having these strong opinions that he believes. Very, very cool. Ken Winefsky, founder and CEO of WebMX. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us tonight. I appreciate the time. Thank you. Excellent. I look forward to following the story a bit more and ha- hopefully having you back uh, at a later point in time. Uh, listeners, now I'd like to switch gears a little bit and welcome to the program John Rothschild, noted football expert and author of the critically acclaimed book, Football Betting Made Easy. Hi, John. Welcome to the program. First of all, thanks for having me on. And I'd like to sort of expound upon your last guest. Uh, okay. When this happened, my phone blew up. Mm. You're going to be the first because I'm on CBS Market Watch in a couple of minutes talking about this. But I also want to thank you because I'm from the Philadelphia area, and the last time I was interviewed by Wharton, they told me that my GPA wasn't high enough to be accepted. <laughs> well, sir, we, we often make mistakes. We're not perfect. <laughs> okay. But anyway, my opinion of what Nike's doing, Nike's business, they're selling a product. Mm-hmm. These guys have been well-researched. I don't know where they get these figures, but supposedly they've already gotten $43 million dollars and advertising mm, revenue. Mm. Um, to me, it's a brilliant campaign. It's what it was, I guess, the now colloquial Pet Rock or maybe the 2012 <laughs> My Pillow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what they're what they're doing basically is they are Colin Kaepernick on first. Yeah, he's going to blow over eventually. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we know it's the 30th anniversary for Just Do It, mm-hmm. which everybody can identify with. But most importantly. It really didn't say anything that was political. Right. They knew it would elicit reactions and controversy for future future ads, mm-hmm. and it has. Mm-hmm. And so, what I think is super interesting about your point, John, is that as I took a look at the the actual the, the first run uh, of this and the tagline. So uh, the tagline is uh, "Believe in something." even if you have to sacrifice everything. And as I read that, John, I thought to myself, you know what? That could actually apply to the other side in the sense of, you know, so it's kind of like it's it's a statement that's a powerful statement, but it's not necessarily saying you have to believe X or Y. It's saying whatever it is, take your stand uh, and be willing to sacrifice for it, right? And so look, there's it, a reason why Fox and CNBC and MSNBC and NBC mm-hmm. are getting such high ratings. Politics is so oh. universal now. What if they put somebody else? What if they put Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. Mother Teresa behind the picture? But what you're going to see is I don't know what they're going to come up with. We'll probably see amputees, people from LGBT, people mm-hmm. from PTSD. You're probably the only thing you won't see is the guy who's in the White House now mm-hmm. who maybe went to Wharton or not. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Oh, wow, sir. You're quick on your feet, my friend. Uh, I, I have no comment about that. But um, okay. <laughs> no, it's actually very interesting because, um, you know, you talk about something that, that's important in the context of values and brands and, and sports brands now. 
It, there used to be a time where you never knew who, who the CMO, the CEO was, the CFO, whoever, these people in the C-suite, you didn't know who they are. Now we live in an age, John, where it's like consumers are demanding to know what do you stand for on policies and issues. And one of the reasons why they think about this is because they want to see if your values align with theirs, right? Of course. Look, we, we know who the owners are of the NFL teams. For some reason, we know who the players are. I don't even understand how you can trade players. I mean, that goes back to slavery, but we uh-huh. sort of accepted that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really interesting that fake news today mm-hmm. is only political news. It's usually news that doesn't oh. fit the facts supporting our own political ideologies, and it's all open to interpretation. Interesting, interesting. And so part of this, this movement then, uh, John, is going to be uh, probably a little bit more and more of this kind of political infusion of ideology and values in, in what uh, in what sports brands are doing. Would you say yeah, that's and a- that, that's going to be your, your new marketing thing? Mm. <laughs> I mean, you uh-huh. know, it was wonderful to see maybe John McCain's funeral yes. uh, for a few days and people sort of coming together. Yes. Um, but unfortunately, um, you know, our commentators have become political parrots. Mm-hmm. The better ones can persuade the listener, just like a compelling lawyer in a courtroom. And all they do is draw constituents, viewers, and marketing people and the general public to an immovable side, mm. and uh, it could creates issues and lots of antagonism. So let me ask you this: I'll ask you directly, uh, John, just as I asked Ken. By the way, I am I do talk about gambling. In my class. <laughs> 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 gotcha. For some reason, and I probably have lawyers and judges driving off the road. This is what people like to talk to me about. <laughs> gotcha. I understand, uh, but I, I want to get your perspective, though, John. What, give me your analysis about how this is going to play out for Nike, short term and long term. Well, we saw the stock drop yesterday. Mm-hmm. I believe, and I haven't had a chance. I've been on the radio all day to check what it's done. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's gone up, and I'm assuming it will go up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And when the other ads run without Colin Kaepernick, and people are still talking about Nike, people are going to buy their product. Right. And so over time, then, you're saying this is a this is, this is is a win strategy. Do you think they... So let me ask you this. Do you think they put a lot of analytical horsepower behind weighing the pros and cons of, okay, we might gain... You know, X amount of consumers who might double down. A statistician and actuary or myself uh-huh. put the numbers together. Uh-huh. And um, I think they probably use a little more uh, cultural uh, insight than I do. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, um, it's going to be a huge campaign for them. It's going to be a huge campaign. And so, th- th- what are the next phases then that you see for this type of approach? I mean, every time we see a marketing kind of uh, initiative, uh, John, the first time it, it's done, it's very powerful because it stands out. But then as others try to replicate it and do it over, it loses its differentiating power. So how do, what's how does this play out over time in terms of well, competitors responding? Like a cerebral college professor. <laughs> um, and you are absolutely, absolutely right. Um, I don't think you can copy this. I think basically, for one of a better term, Nike's patented this. Mm. They've got a huge market share. I don't know, what did they do, $38 billion in sales internationally last year? Mm -hmm. Um, If you are a rival brand, you need to go in another direction. Yeah. So what sort of of other other directions are to your avail, though, John? I don't really know. That's not my discipline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, I know that if somebody asks me, hey, should we follow Nike's footsteps? I'm like, no. No. There's already been a Cabbage Patch doll. There's already been a Pet Rock. (laughs) And we're not going to duplicate them. Because everybody knew that Pet Rock really was great once, 
it's not going to be good again. Right. Pet Rock version 2.0 is not going to sell. That's your point, right, right John? <laughs> but so, but this is interesting though because Nike is basically saying, you know, we're going to take a stand here, and we're going to we're going to get our we're going to involve ourselves. In this. How do they manage the the complex interplay and dynamic uh, sort of relationship between themselves, uh, Colin Kaepernick, and the NFL? Because I don't know. <laughs> um, it's tough, isn't I, it? I, I, you're, you're talking about people that are marketing experts, PhDs that have done this. All I can tell you is what I've seen and how much airtime this has gotten and how how much positive feedback they're going to get in the future. Now, actually negative feedback, too, but as we both know, controversy sells. Mm-hmm. We're talking about this today. My phone won't stop ringing. Mm-hmm. I could do 20 radio shows today mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. they've done something properly. And it's like this 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 earned media, right? Which is like the because people are talking about it and sharing with sharing it in orders of magnitude, exponential sharing of this. It's like the ad is just proliferating. And what I, what is, it's important to note that positive or negative, this is your point that you also made, was a very critical point, John. Positive or negative, this is not something that, that you feel weakly about. You're very, you know where you stand on this. And so even if you're negative, you're, the, the, the Nike brand is, is being breathed into the universe and it's consciously being put out there in terms of awareness, right? I believe this will be in your textbooks in the future. Mm-hmm. It'll be an iconic moment, I think, in terms of you know the the like you said. I, I love the point that you that you just made there, John. Is that patenting this idea and owning it now, and basically well, look, now you've got, you've got a president who kept who, who kept um, Twitter in business. Mm. <laughs> I mean, basically they they were they had you know almost you know negative negative they were they were they, had, they were in the red. Right now they're doing great. Um, and so they were not afraid to go against certain political ideologies. And it's elicited, it's elicited I don't want to say a great response, it's elicited great responses. Mm-hmm. And so we got about a minute left, John. So I want you to give me your thoughts on kind of next phases in, in your space in terms of, you know, this idea of brands and, and whether or not they should be playing in the political uh, ideological sphere. Here's my thought. I mean, athletes have the stage and the money. They make more than authors and college professors, probably. Um, they can influence change, but maybe after this, they could choose a different venue. Mm. Um, the media maybe should feel obligated to help, and maybe we can, too. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I think we're at a moment, culturally speaking, uh, John, where you know there's so much divisiveness. There is so much us versus them. And, you know, sometimes that works in, in certain contexts, you know, when you're when you're going against in a competition on a sport. But at the end of the day, when the game is over, we're supposed to come to the middle of the field, shake hands and say, hey, that was a good competition. And we're we need to come back to that. I think that's and your you point. Know what? We need to we need to research a little bit. I don't want to take up all of your time. But one of my biggest pet peeves is somebody takes a Facebook post or a Twitter post and then they just send it out to somebody else without understanding or researching the facts. They just assume it's true. Mm. And I was reading today about a doctor, Philip O'Hanlon, mm. who we see this story every Christmas about, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. And the reason there is, is because the sun said that it's so. Wow. So if it's in the newspaper, if you see it in the sun, it really happened. That's not really the case anymore. And it wasn't the case in 1897 either. Gotcha. John Rothschild, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was a pleasure to have you. Appreciate it. Great question. Thanks a lot. You're very welcome. Listeners, if you're interested in learning more about John, 
Go to webmax.com. Join me back on the next segment of marketing. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.